Today's episode of We Want to Talk About It Now is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Squarespace.com is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence. The worst Squarespace sites are often the ones where you try to take creative control. Let us do what we're good at, and we promise you results. Squarespace.com. Because we don't care. Insecurity. It's what we want to talk about now. I got Sheila on the thing with me. What, <laughs> what does that even mean? What does that even mean? So uh, this this came from... Actually, no, I'm not going to like do any explanation or anything. Today, we're going to be talking about insecurity, insecurities that we have, that we see at the public at large has, etc. It's going to be mainly focused on us. So... I just want to start off by, okay, Sheila, I'm going to start naming all of the insecurities that I think that you have oh and boy. just make you feel horrible. How cool. does that sound? Does that work so for you? exciting. All right, Cannot cool. Wait. Let's do it. All right, here we go. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not that big of a douchebag anymore. Oh my but God. What, I was, what I was thinking about doing is because I'm, I'm more curious than anything, I'm curious to see what people think mine are oh. because I bet you as we go through this, people are going to be like, I would have never thought that that would be a possible insecurity that you have. So I think just to get us in like a loosey-goosey comfortable position, I'm going to start off going with specifically physical insecurities that I have and then moving into the more like psychological relationship, emotional type things. So I think those the like physical ones are more funny to me. And just so everyone knows, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about any of my physical insecurities that I have. So that's why we have this preamble of about two minutes that I've been rambling right now to uh, just kind of slowly go into it. So I'm going to just start listing some off. Actually, you want to know what? I can sum it all up this way. I was thinking of this at the gym today. I have the perfect female body. I have, I have the per. but don't look at me like that, Sheila. <laughs> If I was a female, I would have the perfect female. I, I, okay, actually, no. I have the best attributes that all females desire, obviously, except for my boobs. And I have the worst attributes when it comes to being a man. Now, let me explain really quick. I'm short, so I'm five foot eight. It's below average. Fine, whatever. And so a lot of people think I have little man syndrome. I absolutely do. I have no problem admitting that anymore. I have very small hands. My feet are pretty normal, but I do have very small hands, very small fingernails as well. I think that's because I bite them. I honestly don't know where that came from. Oh, what else do I have? I have an amazing ass. So it's very, it's strong. It's powerful. It can, that's why I can jump as high as I can jump. And it's, one of, it's, like, it's like the ass that any woman would want. My wife tells me all the time. Uh, how, how perfect my butt is. And I have no zero stretch marks on it. It's just 100% muscle, perfectly bubbled for everyone to look at. <laughs> Alex, we're talking about insecurities and it only took you one minute to start talking positively about yourself. Sorry. I, I have hair. My hair's not too bad, actually. I am a very hairy person, so arms and legs, but it really doesn't bother me. The only thing that bothers me are my wispy. Like your baby hairs? Like I have wispy hairs. No, 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 no. Like they're long, oh, gross like hairs. Oh, like on your body. That's how I describe them. Yeah. On my, on my body. So like, it's usually, it's my shoulders. Everyone's, 
I wish everyone could see the video right now. I'm, I just took my shirt off. Just kidding. A lot. Um, what else? What else am I insecure about with my body? That's why I grow a beard. I have like a really good female face. I have a really good like the the, the contours of my cheekbones are perfect for for being a woman. So all of this just to, to uh, an announcement for everyone. The change is coming. I was Alex like, Where is going, are we going full female. That's all that this one. That's all. That's all that this is about. I'm gonna be five eight with beautifully long legs, with a, with amazing with an amazing ass. All I have to do is get a boob job, just like fifty percent of everybody. So we'll be just fine. No, just kidding. Um, but all of that being said, other like good things that I have though. I really love my hair in general. I do love my beard. It's one of the most full beards in the family. My only competition is my brother, Matt, when it comes to that. But I grow the beard out to enhance the overall largeness of my mm. face without having to be fat. Because that just makes me seem more dominating, I guess, even though, once again, I'm five foot eight. And it amazes me how important height is in a lot of things. Because I've been doing everything based on my personality like for my entire life. And my personality is not that great either. But because there are like people who are tall. I'm just like, how, how do you get people? Like, how do you get, you're not, you have a really crappy personality, but you're six foot two with 5% body fat. And then I go, that's right. The most important thing to everybody at the initial beginning of any relationship, professional or like sexual is the attractiveness of someone. You want to work with someone who presents themselves in a, good physical manner more more than you probably are going to want to work with someone who's who's the, that's why the joke is for sexual harassment right now you got ryan gosling sexually harassing you it's no longer sexual harassment or you have someone like alex skinner sexually harassing you it's immediately sexual harassment because it's 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 a it's true when you're more attractive things are better for you so that's those are my physical and sheila i'm not like stopping right now so that you can go into like your physical attributes right now but I, I just felt like that would be a good way, a good way to kind of get the, to get the, it's a little icebreaker. It's just a little icebreaker for I us mean, both. I'll share, I'll share a couple, I'll share a couple of mine. Uh, I have really fat knees, <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately fat knees. <laughs> I, like since I was a child did not like wearing any sort of like skirts or shorts. And like now that I'm an adult, I'm just kind of saying, forget it. I don't care because life's too short to wear jeans all the time. But man, I got some fat and, knees, even when I was skinny. And nobody, and nobody really gets that joke. It's not a joke. Sorry, sorry. Nobody went like, "Oh my gosh, this case going straight to my knees." What? Going straight to your knees? Is that, <laughs> is that supposed to be funny, Sheila? No, no, no. It's going straight to your ass. That's no, where you're supposed to say it's going. No, no, no. <laughs> that would all be to better. my knees. All to, yeah, I, I would prefer would it to better. go there. Uh, it goes <laughs> to my knees. Yep, I got, I've got um, real fat knees. And I actually do. Did like you say gorilla feet. fat knees? No, just really oh. fat. I mean, sure, probably, yeah. Oh, like gorillas do too. have huge knees. They do, they do. I call you gorilla yeah. Sheila from now on. My dad would call me that. Gorilla Sheila. <laughs> he would call me gorilla la la la. Like he would. Like out of I had, love. I had. On this note, this is embarrassing. I had really hairy arms as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I mean, still wait, do. Wait. So is still that do. where the gorilla nickname came from? Yeah. 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 I mean, people like, call, like the, scary, uh, this like, isn't me trying to one up you, but kind of. It's it, my mine is not better than yours. People used to call me Casper because of how wide I am. Oh, because you're so. But white. I'll tell you what. For some reason, that joke that people would make about me never offended me. I was always like. Yeah. Like okay. Cool. I'm. Yep. I, I'm white. You think, <laughs> 
Success is coming. <laughs> Success is coming easier to me. I'll take it. That is one of my other ones, though, being super pale. But not so much the pale. It's the pale plus the, the lots of freckles like and moles. So I really just like got kind of screwed with my fat knees. My for anyone that doesn't know me, you could picture it: fat knees, fat knees and moles. Pale, I just imagine a bunch of moles all over the fat knees and really hairy arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want to come up with more physical, more physical problems that I have. Oh, I have a. I, if we're going really physical, my digestive system, my digestive system is just makes me so insecure. All of the time. No, just, just kidding. It doesn't bother me. I keep that at home. You're welcome, everybody. You're so welcome. I think it's funny, though, like all the things that, like, uh, I've never, I, you saying that you feel like you have like a female body actually makes me laugh. But it's the things that, like, we think about ourselves that, like, I'm sure other people notice my fat knees, but they don't put it together that I have fat knees. They're just like, eh, she has gross legs. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like she looks We're not hiring than her. She is. <laughs> um, where, where, where like, to the shin next time, lady? <laughs> Coming yeah. in for an interview. <laughs> Golly, that's so weird. Uh, yeah. No, so I think that was a good start. I think we're feeling good now. <laughs> I think we're ready. I think we're unafraid. I want to go back in time to when I realized that people judge you. Okay. The year is 1999. Class. It took you 10 years? I think so. I was like 9 or okay. 10 when it happened. Yeah. I had like the insane confidence as a child. Like I thought I could get like 17-year-old girls to be my girlfriends. Uh, and now like looking back on it, I know that they were just like, it was my brother's friends like, oh, so cute type stuff. Uh, so I had like this really ingrained, you know, a false sense of, a false sense of grandeur, if you want. But 1999, it's the political election of Charles Brown Elementary School. The presidential hopefuls for class president, Taylor Phillips and Alex Skinner going head to head. We both promised more recess. We, bro we both promised less homework for everybody. And Taylor Phillips beat me in a landslide victory. And you're, at, you're probably asking, Alex, how'd you know it was a landslide victory? They probably just are like, they tally up the votes and whatever. My mom was a administrator for the school. She told you? Well, she told me that I had lost originally, like early, like she didn't tell me that I lost in a landslide when I was a kid. Okay, she, I was like, God. She told me when I was like immediately before it was going to be announced the next day that I had lost so that I could just like emotionally prepare for it, which is probably why I have a lot of insecurities. My mom would baby me. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, mom. It's, it's all good. Everything worked out just fine. Uh, and that is when I realized that people didn't like me. But I, I take that back. I realized that people could choose not to like me uh, was the fifth grade. And so from there, what I did was I was like, well, if people don't like me, Screw all these mother effers. I'm leaving. So I do this huge cat and pony show. Is that a dog phrase? Dog and pony show? Dog and yeah. pony show? I don't know what the phrase is. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I end up skipping a grade, going to the sixth grade, which ended up being <laughs> the best decision I ever made in my life to... 
don't get me wrong, my brothers would degradate me regularly, but as long as I had all of my friends at school loving me, it didn't matter. Moved to the sixth grade and people just destroyed me. Uh, the, the offensive term was they would call me fifth grader. So I skipped to the sixth grade and they would call me a fifth grader. And I just had to kind of just get a thick skin through that process. And it was fine. I started making a lot of friends. And guess who never lost an election since losing to Taylor Phillips? Alex. I was going to use the F word as my middle name, <laughs> but that's not a cool middle name. I wouldn't want that to be my Alex the Fantastic Skinner. Uh, I've never lost a political election since then, and I don't plan on ever losing one again when I do eventually run for office, announcing my candidacy for House of Representatives in the, in the state of Utah. <laughs> um, but that was when my innocence was definitely shattered, and I started to realize that I was not as perfect as I had first thought. Do you have something similar? I'm trying, or like, do you have like a watershed moment yeah, where it's like, no. oh, that's, that's what it I was? I think for me, like, I think I... I think I was similar when I was really young. Like I had a lot of, um, I was like so confident, like I, like I was a ham. Like I wanted to be in all the school plays and like whatever. And I think it was like. You say you were a ham? A ham. Like you ham it up. Hard you ham it up for the camera. Like I, oh, I, gotcha. I, I was very confident. But um, there, like at some point, I want to say it was like sixth grade for me. It was like, this is going to sound so, it was like when all the girls started getting boobs and like <laughs> all the boys started caring about it. <laughs> and like, like I realized I was really awkward and like, I think it's just a puberty thing actually. But, um, I complete, like my personality, like completely changed. Like I went from being super, super outgoing and like really like assuming everyone would like me by default and then I went to, like, the complete opposite route. Um, so I don't think it was, like, maybe a I, – I could probably go back and think of, like, a specific moment, but it was – sixth grade was, like, the worst. I hated sixth grade. So much harder for girls than it is for I dudes because so, yeah. it's such a physical – like, I, I guess, like, you start to see guys growing height-wise, but it's so gradual for the most part. And then those who, like, do grow really fast just look like monkeys. Yeah, they're really, really tall. Like, because their yeah. body isn't, like, fully – fully uh some of them never grow out of it aren't fully proportionate to one another their limbs are <laughs> their limbs They're are down to lanky. their ankles anyway yeah. but uh, which isn't like a huge deal but like the boobs i remember that being a huge yeah. thing well, when we were in a middle, middle school, school middle school so sixth seventh grade eighth yeah, grade middle school is the worst well, and i think i think all of my insecurities that at that point were like physical they were not like i don't think i was having like crises about who I was as a person or like what I was or wasn't good at. It had to do with like, what did I look like? Um, but maybe like if I was cool or not, which I don't know. I don't know like what deeper personality trait that I was being insecure about, but I think I just really wanted to be cool. And all the cool girls like shopped at like limited Two and like Hollister and whatever. And my parents wouldn't necessarily take me there. And I was so awkward. They're like, trust your parents were like in 10 years, no one's going to be at Hollister. We promise you. <laughs> oh, or, or no one. like, is it even a store anymore? I think so, actually. But I think, uh, too, like Abercrombie was so popular then in Hollister. And, like, they would only carry up to, like, certain sizes. I don't know if you remember this. But for girls, like, I think they carried up to, like, a six or something. I don't know. Whatever it was at the time, they didn't carry my size. And I wasn't, like, a super fat kid. Like, I was, like, a normal kid. You never have <laughs> been. Thanks. I mean, a fat adult, yeah, but never a fat kid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, accurate. Oh. 
but no, uh, you know what I mean? Like you've never been like not, someone who like someone would be like, wow, she looks like, fat. No one, I don't think any, and I'm not even trying to be nice. Like I'm just like, I, yeah, like I feel like I'm a, <laughs> a, a normal-ish, like, you know, maybe a little chubby, but like, or at that point, that's what I was. My adult life, we can set aside for later in the podcast when we go through the ages. <laughs> no, I think I, I, what's kind of great is like uh, inside baseball. I think actually going the route that we're going right yeah, now is the best. Yeah, it's going to be a good progression. Man. Good job, Alex. Yeah. Because I just, because I just, I didn't even do it intentionally. I just, I literally at the gym, and once again, not to like make light of anything that's gone on in the last 24 hours, I thought of the, the story about Taylor Phillips at the yeah. gym today. And I was like, I have to tell this story because that, that's when it started. That is when I realized everything. And what's interesting about the, the middle school thing. So just a little inside baseball for everyone who doesn't know Sheila and I. We both went to the same middle school, but we did not go to the same elementary school. Same middle school, yeah, same high school. Yeah, I don't think I knew you at Herbert, Herbert Green. Green, right? Didn't you go to Herbert Green? Yeah. We went no, no, no. We didn't school. know each other at Herbert Green. Just we... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You probably knew some Taylor of the same people. Like, I, I hate yeah. saying actual people's names out loud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because she was in, in your grade because you guys weren't as smart as me. Um, Alex, Alex, are so you good. over? So are you overcompensating for an insecurity tables. about being I was smart? Over, <laughs> so, so I am in. I am overcompensating. So I'm hard. just kidding. Um, so, but I just remember, like the people, the people who are like super popular in what's that called? Middle school. I'll tell you when that where they were not as popular. High school, and then the people who are popular in high school. I'll tell you where they were not popular afterwards. After this is gonna sound so weird, but a lot of the most attractive people now in life were people I would have never considered in junior high yeah. or middle school to have been attractive, which is kind of <laughs> a good thing. Like just to show all those middle schoolers who love listening to my podcast and love Pudu Pie, um, Alex. That's not you his name. Cutie I don't know how you say it. Pie or Pudu Pie? And he makes it's millions PewDiePie, of dollars, yeah. right? That's who you meant. Oh, okay. Isn't it Pudu Pie? Yeah. PewDiePie. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's like the poo poo guy. Anyways, everything's going to be fine. Don't like all you need to do is go to college, have some experiences and you're going to be just fine. I've saw that with a lot of my own friends who weren't that loved. When I say loved, I mean like let's make out in high school and whatever. They did just fine in college. Do not please. If you are under the age of 18 and you're listening to this, first off, Start drinking sooner. No, just kidding. <laughs> if you're under the age of if you're under the age of 18, there is there is so much more after that. There is so much more. I just want to let I just want to let you know that. Anyways, so middle school, I remember a lot of chicks. They had like nice butts, and they would be. This sounds so perverted because I'm like 29 now. You got nice butts because they're on the volleyball team and they wear their <laughs> spandex. Let's go. Let's go watch practice and see the girls play in their spandex. Uh, now looking back on that, not that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> not that impressive at all. Oh, God. Um, and, then, and then like going into high school, I feel like high school is where you were allowed to compensate for physical insecurities with personality. Yeah. Type things. I think that kind of started a little bit in middle school, but I went full tilt. Uh, tilt. I keep saying that phrase. I don't know what it is. In high school, went hard on the personality, and it went just fine for me. I know there was a lot of people in high school who didn't like me, 
I know that that's just an inevitable fact and I, it's fine. Uh, but I so much just wanted to be the fast, quick, witty, you will never beat me in a verbal altercation. Yeah. And I felt like I did a pretty good job of that. But besides that, I also feel like I was overcompensating in a lot of areas because now everyone's six foot. I'm still like five seven, five six at the time. I wear khakis <laughs> all the time for some effing reason. My first, my freshman and junior or freshman and sophomore year, like an idiot. Don't wear khakis. Don't wear khakis, freshmen and sophomores. Uh, but like from like a relational standpoint, everything was fine. It was hard being LDS at school because you're not supposed to date until you're 16. So I had to like make everything kind of super secretive, secretive with my, with my parents. Uh, but I feel like I did, I did okay. And I would have done much better if I wouldn't have been LDS. Cause I just would have been like, I would have been doing, if I would have been going, uh, granted, it's probably a better thing that I didn't go to all these things. If I would have been going to all the parties when I was a freshman or sophomore, like, like everyone else where I was just like, no, 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 you got, there's alcohol here. Nope. I can't go to that. And then like junior and senior year, Grant and I just go gangbusters and just tag team, tag team the school like crazy and a million. Like, I don't mean that in like a sexual way. Grant and I just go to town. If you want two solid personalities from Union Mind High School, like if you were going to choose, it has to be two people with each other. It can't be one or the other. Grant and I would put Grant and me against any other combination. Winsler twins, you guys want to have a fight with Grant and I? Bring it on. We're, we're, we're going to come for blood, ladies. Um, and high school is really awesome. Like, I have no... It was a great time. Granted, I've had much better time since then, but uh, as far as, like, insecurities there, nothing too crazy for me, honestly. My nasty... Maybe I started growing facial hair and it was gross, but, like, I wasn't insecure. Like, I thought that was cool, <laughs> think, like an idiot. I think, like, middle school was definitely the worst. Like, I don't wish mid middle school on anyone. And it's not like I was bullied or anything. I just... It was just so awkward and everyone sucks. Um, but I think high school, I still, like... I should dig up pictures from my freshman year because they're so, oh, they're so bad. Glasses, like, they're Sheila. so horrible. Like my, my homecoming, my homecoming picture freshman year is like the worst. The things I thought were cool were not cool, but. Were you wearing a Volcom shirt? <laughs> I'm probably at some point. I'm going to wear a Volcom shirt with a skirt to homecoming. I, well, Sadie's, like there's a picture of me from Sadie's like my sophomore or junior year. I don't remember. Is it a Volcom shirt? Is it's, that what? Am it, I thinking of you? It's like a Hurley shirt. It's like. It's not you. I know who I'm thinking of okay. with the Volcom shirt. It was a Sadie's dance though. Yeah, like I, I don't know. There's so many embarrassed. And then I went through like my emo phase where I would like, not like full emo for people that don't that don't know me. Like I didn't do anything really crazy, but I had like that streak in my hair and like the heavy bangs and like whatever. I was just trying to figure out like my home group. Cause I didn't really, I don't feel like I had like one friend group. Like I had, I had a few friends that I was really close to, but like I had been friends with a lot of other people growing up. So like, I felt like I was always trying to like figure out which group I fit in and I never really fit into any of them. So that was like kind of hard for me, I guess. Like I got insecure that something was wrong with me that it, like I didn't really like have a like place to fit in. And then I started dating Aaron and that was like sophomore sophomore year late sophomore year and then things got a little bit easier because it didn't matter as much like I wasn't trying to I don't know like I was I was insecure about friendships but I wasn't in, as insecure about boys I guess 
Yeah, the but, hard thing for me, yeah, sorry, keep going. Oh, I was just, I to close, I only started to get comfortable in like my physical, like, or find my physical groove. <laughs> that sounds really inappropriate. <laughs> like, be okay with- orgy? Was this like the <laughs> high school drama orgy? You didn't got, even do drama. How'd you get to be in that group? <laughs> I got more, I accepted my body and like my image more when I got, like when I graduated high school. And I graduated a little bit early because I was just like over high school. Like I just didn't. I was just done. I you do a semester do early? I did, yeah. I could have done I a year I had no early. idea. Yeah, I almost did the year early. Um, but you weren't smart enough like I was. N- I was, Alex. To I skip was. a whole grade. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the difference was I just wanted to have a little bit of senior year, but I didn't I, – and, and I wasn't going away to a four-year. If I was going away to a four-year, I wouldn't have been able to, but, like, because I was just going to go to Folsom for junior college, like, I didn't have to do anything. They were like, yeah, if you just, like, kind of pass geometry, like, you're good. <laughs> so I was like – deuces <laughs> anyone anyone going to Folsom Lake College great college Sheila and I both both attended the university and look where we are now there's nothing oh I love no Folsom shame. I love no Folsom going. well it's interesting that you said just Folsom Lake well I was going to a junior college so I didn't have to go do I didn't have to take the SAT I didn't have Uh-oh. to take the ACT I know we're frozen um yeah, we're fine yeah but I didn't have to do any of that. I didn't have to take any AP courses. I wasn't trying to get into like some prestigious school. I knew I was going to do two years of Folsom and then transfer for financial reasons. Anyway, see, I'm being insecure about my schooling. I went um, to BYU-Idaho, <laughs> so, you know, shh, dummy. But, Dumbest, yeah. worst decision I ever made in my life. But also, looking back on it, best decision. The thing that started to get me in high school, though, I played sports. I was pretty good at it. I could have played junior year and senior year basketball but elected not to because i liked money more and that continues to this day (laughs) Uh, i loved going to diamond chinese in and out on a daily if not weekly basis but the thing that i did start to notice as i got older was as i started doing music so i started doing music like pretty hardcore my like junior senior year we did a grant and i emceed a few battle of the bands I was I was a natural not a natural I love I just love performing like I love I don't know what it is don't care if people like it or not anymore but at that time it was really big on me so uh, junior year when I was running for a second time for rally commissioner uh, going to be the first ever person elected to back to back terms for the same position at Union Mine High School just want to throw that out there. Um, we, we won, we still won, but it was not by as big of a margin as I would have liked. Thank you, Courtney Winsler. You're the reason that we won. And it hit me at that point. I'm like, wow, people don't like me. People did not like the, the rallies that we did. And obviously looking back on it, like I I put all of this weight on my shoulders, like, oh, it was all because of me. Like with Cetera, we didn't, we didn't do really good rallies and stuff like that. Like, no, it's because we had no money. Like we we went to Union Mind F in high school. We can't we can't do super cool, awesome things all the time. Like all we can do is like we're gonna throw shirts into the crowd. Hey, all right, everyone, do your chance now. Anyways, uh, but a lot of people were derogatory. I don't I don't want to say this and like it like they were in the wrong. They weren't that great. They're they're right. Like they would say like oh this was mildly entertaining. They would say statements like that. I'm like mildly entertaining. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And then I would just stew on that for uh, for a really long time, and then that's when I started to really want to hone my craft for certain things, and I got better. 
And what's great is I think the major takeaway from this entire thing that I want everyone to take away is like, if you look back at any point in time, you should say that was a horrible, compared to where I am now, that wasn't that great. If you're not saying that, that is probably the most depressing thing that you, that anyone could say in their life. Uh, Because I've been doing this a lot lately. I'm like, would I want to go back to any specific time, like give up what I have now? And I can't honestly say yes to any of them. But uh, that's when I started to get more introspective about all of the performing things that I do. Because that's all I, like what I really, if I could get paid $40,000 a year to just do this and then do music, I would do that for the rest of my life and I would be just so happy um, doing those things. But um, like, obviously that's a, a reality. I still have to get better at a lot of this stuff. And what happened, what, here's what sucks though. Like you get so like, oh my gosh, this one only got in the first 24 hours, like 20 listens or in the first 24 hours, it only got 30 listens or whatever. And you just kind of get down on yourself but it's because I'm still an unfinished product. Like where the podcast is at, and I don't want to make this about the podcast, but like where the podcast is at now comparatively to where it was when I started is such a better place. But all of the growing pains that I had to go through to get here made me stop on occasion. And I've just recently realized, I'm like, I know exactly what people want from me. I know exactly what they need from me. And so I'm just going to give them that. I'm just going to give them the people, what they need. You know what they don't care about? They don't care about the introspective, the retrospective really about the nineties alternative music. Yeah. It's fun to listen to for some people, but what everybody needs are like the real human problems that they're going for through. So insecurity, there's not a single person that I know that doesn't have any of them. And, and, and so a lot of those insecurities that I now have as like an adult stem from all of these performance type things. And like, you can even include work, in that as well because that's a performance-based thing that everyone does like your livelihood depends on on your performance at work and I think a big thing for me right now and I feel so bad for everybody that I work with but like the big thing that I struggle with now is like mental illness and all of the these things that I've accrued over a lifetime of bad habits like I don't this isn't this is not to blame my family I do not want that to come off this way but like Skinner boys, our opinion is right. Your opinion is wrong. And for me to get over that has been one of the most difficult things ever. Just like a specific example. And, and, like, and, and I find that I crave for some stupid reason the acceptance of my brothers when in reality, like, those are just six people out of seven billion. Why do you specifically need those? It's because when I was a kid, I looked up to them. When I was a kid, I wanted to be exactly like them. And all of this to just say, like, thinking of, like, all the stupid little things that I notice and how much it pisses me off that I notice these things. Like, it'll be something along the lines of Instagram really screws people up. Social media really screws people up. It'll be something like X person like this post. I'm going to go, man, they haven't liked a single thing that I have done in like the last six months. I know how petty and how stupid this sounds, but we, we all do the same thing. We all do this. Like, oh, wow, this person hasn't liked my post in six months, but I see that they like this person's stuff regularly, every single time. 
and I don't know what I need to do to get this person to accept me again. And when I'm saying this person, I'm specifically talking about family. Mm-hmm. And I don't, once again, I don't know why this is so important to me, but I see all of these things and I go, why am I not worthy? Are they mad at me? Did I do something to offend them? Did I, is the content that I'm producing not that great? Is the, this picture just not relevant to them? Like all of these things that like brands think about all the time. Because all, that's all we are. All we are is a brand that we're trying to build up. And now that's stuff that I'm trying to get over, obviously. And actually, we've talked about this a little bit, Sheila. One thing that I realized is the way that the algorithms are set up, they might not be seeing any of my stuff unless they're getting on mm-hmm. every single day. It literally might just get pushed to the bottom because they get all these meme things that they interact with. And, and by the way, uh, I'm just going to say this. Stop following meme accounts. If they're not publicly open to everybody, this isn't for you, Sheila. This I mean, is I just to everybody. I, I don't care. <laughs> if, I know. You know, if they are not able to just be publicly found by someone, they're intentionally excluding people to make them feel less than so that they will follow them. So if you're in a meme group and someone posts a meme from a private meme account, you have to go follow that meme or you're going to be excluded from the conversation. Yes. Yes. Also, I think it's just because they want you to, like, we might be saying the same thing, but like, because then they have, like, if you have to go follow them to see it, then you will get their, their content forever versus like you having to take, it's forcing you. Uh, Yes. That's exactly why they do it. It's, it's what iPhone does. That's why the iPhone has the blue, blue and green thing. It's to make you feel less than I don't hate, I don't hate Steve jobs. I don't hate people who own iPhones. But I guarantee you think every now and then when you see that green thing come up, like, oh, it's not an iPhone user. Maybe not maliciously you think it, but oh, yeah. the thought is there because it's and been it's established that way. Like, it's become a joke. Like, it, it's it's part of pop culture now. It's a joke that, that people take very no, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, to the, to the okay, extent, okay, fair, fair, to the extent that yeah, yeah, it's yeah, become, gotcha. like, like, something that, I mean, I see memes about it, like. We this is what pisses me off, though. Like, Apple. I would consider them a liberal company, right? Sure. I don't know. A liberal company. Most of tech is liberal. Hey, let's be inclusive. Let the minorities in. Let the immigrants who want to come to the United States, let them in. And then they have a policy that is so exclu- like so exclusive and, and literally excludes other people. Like, we want you to know that they are a them. Yeah. Well, th- Apple as a, as an overall brand, this is going to, we're getting really off on a tangent, but like Apple as a brand is like a, an elitist type of thing, like a group, like you are a part of a community when you buy an Apple product, like all their products are very recognizable. I've been playing this game since I got AirPods when I walk home, this is, I'm so boring, of counting people who have AirPods versus normal headphones. And it's actually like almost 50-50 now in New York. But I like I didn't notice it before until I got the AirPods. And now I'm like, oh, look at all these people with AirPods. Like, it, I, I don't know. Apple as a brand is like very much like that. So they are kind of feeding on the insecurity of others to want to be a part of that group. And my fear is I know how stupid all of us are as humans because we are very stupid. I've been saying this a lot. We pretend. And I know people are listening like, Alex, you think you're so rational. I know I'm not. I know I am probably 80% emotional, 20% rational. I've come down to that conclusion. I've come to that conclusion rationally. Uh, (laughs) um, That 80% of everything I care about is emotion. But what I am scared of is all of these people don't realize how, 
we talked a little bit about this. Like, I'm going so, I'm getting so much closer that biology determines everything for us. Yes, the technology changes around us, but our biology is reacting to whatever these technological advances are that we're having. And it terrifies me because I feel so bad for, for my kids when I inevitably don't give them iPhones. And they're going to have to deal with the crap. I don't even know what it's like if, it, if this is an actual culture thing at high schools now. When my kids have to deal with, oh my gosh, I'm kind of less than this person because I don't have an iPhone. I have this stupid Android that's a flip phone for some reason because my flip dad's phone. a dick. <laughs> it's character building. You know it's what I mean? Because like, I always felt, I, I, like, I felt that to like a very minor degree because we're a lower middle class family. I'm never going to pretend like we were super poor or anything like that. But I didn't have like all the cool. I didn't get a razor. Or, uh, yeah, I didn't get a razor. Yeah. I, didn't have well, I mean, a razor. I felt that way about the clothes, like we were talking about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah. oh, I have like, and then eventually, that's why that. Oh my gosh, whoa, having an epiphany right now. Jeez, Louise, that's the exact reason I stopped playing sports. I wanted to have money so that I could buy all this crap. You know what I started doing junior and senior year of high school? Started buying a Abercrombie. I started mm-hmm. buying American Eagle. I started buying Hollister, and my. <laughs> The way that I dress completely changed because now I had the money to be able to afford these type of things and this lifestyle. I mean, I still shop at American Eagle for jeans because their jeans are so comfortable. <laughs> the, the, one, <laughs> the ones that I get, oh my gosh, most comfortable jeans in the world. But like, I don't buy the same type of crap that I used to buy uh, because I've changed. Obviously, I'm an adult now. <laughs> but man, that's so weird. That's why, that's why I stopped doing those sports. I also hated Terry Battenberg. But um, oh. hot take, hot take, hot hated take. Terry Battenberg. Uh, and, and anyone who listens to this who likes Terry Battenberg, you want to know why I hate Terry Battenberg? One time I was like, hey, Battenberg, how you doing? And then he's like, his response was, do I just call you Skinner? It's Coach Battenberg. And then oh. my response was, you literally just call me Skinner. You call me, like, that's what everybody calls me. Everyone just <laughs> calls me my last name. So you're a dick. Congratulations on having a really crappy book that few people read anyways on a tangent <laughs> on a huge tangent but like uh there's well, a lot of reasons i quit basketball well also i just just to go back to like your comment about your brothers i feel like you, the the brothers stuff comes up um like the the relationship with your brothers is like an important part of like your become who you've become and like whatever but you going back can you not hear you're looking like you're getting really no i can close. hear you oh <laughs> um I'm but like scared you were saying how, you know, may, oh, well, maybe they just, like, aren't seeing my posts in the algorithm. Like, that could be something. But, like, one thing that I feel like I've been thinking about or I had, a like, a breakthrough of sorts was, like, what if it doesn't have anything to do with your, like, what's wrong with you, but, like, what you are doing that's impacting their insecurities? And I don't just mean, like, your brothers. I'm not – I just mean in general that's, like, a broad statement. Like, people like, are I, jealous? Um, not necessarily jealous. It could be anything. It could oh, be I wish like, it would be jealous because that would just make me feel great. But yeah, it, okay. It keep could going, be. Sheila. It could be. I don't know about, I don't know about the, the intric- intricacies of your brother's relationships with you. But like, I think like, it, it's kind of like it's all, it, everything is about you and nothing is about you is like how I think about it. Or I try to think about it when I'm being more rational. Like you can project um, like a positive interaction with someone if you go into it thinking that they're going to like you and it's going to be positive and that you like them. And so like they kind of feed off your energy. So in that way, it's like about you. It's about how you interact with people. But the other hand is like someone might respond to you in a way that's negative because it's something either something that has nothing to do with you, like something in their life, or because you remind them of something like they don't like about themselves or like, like they're jealous or whatever that is. Like, 
does that make sense? Like it's like yes. both both sides. Like because we all have our insecurities and we're trying to exactly. like navigate this relationship it, with uh, with everyone, not just our 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 siblings or whatever, but like every single person is just like, uh, what what do you want from me? What can yeah. I give you? Well, you have no idea how many times I've thought about having a kid just so people. Well, it, but but with that, I re- the, great point, Sheila. I know that you were looking for me to tell you that it was a great point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because of your insecurities. Like you, yes, if there's totally. one thing I'm going to know about Sheila, she always cares about what I think about her. So, um, <laughs> Oh crap. I forget where I was going with this. Oh my gosh. I had a really good point. I, I, I shouldn't sit. You wanted to have a kid really... because you wanted people to like your Oh, photos. thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you. Um, what I, what I've come to realize is being universally liked is to stand for nothing. Yes. The only way that you can be universally liked by everyone is to not have an opinion on everyone. So when I see like these people posting, I'm just like, holy crap. First off, they have more followers than me. but um, and, and people are probably like, why are you talking about like culture, Alex? Like, who cares about likes? We all care about likes. Don't even try to pretend. Like, you don't post just to post. You post because you want people to interact with it. If you really didn't want people to, to like the stuff that you post, you know what you wouldn't do? Post a GD thing. And I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like I did a post recently on a conversation that I had with a friend talking about their team members where it said like, yeah, like if, 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 if Instagram gets rid of the public view of likes, I'm going to stop posting all of this stuff. And in that I, I posted it and I said, I'm not innocent. Like I also feel that way. Like I want to, although I would like it to be less public because I do not get that many. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although I'm I'm at a, I'm at that like twenty percent twenty percent range for the total number of followers I have, so I'm okay with it. But it's a very real thing, and I've started to realize the reason that people like all these people is because they don't have an opinion on anything. Whereas I, because of my gosh darn brothers, have become so, and myself like I could change if I wanted to. I'm so highly opinionated on everything and anything that you get. You bring a problem to me, I have an opinion on it. It, it um. It segments us so much quicker that way. So because I have an opinion on a billion different things, someone might be like, I don't agree with Alex on that thing, so I'm never going to like this again. Next person, don't agree with him on that thing. Even though we agree about 95% of everything else, just because we have this one really big disagreement on something, I'm less likely to have their respect, I guess, if that's the right word to use. But that and so when I see all these people posting and like it's pictures of their kids or it's like, oh, look at me and my hubby. We have like this awesome relationship because that's how they all talk. I, I'm starting to finally be able to be like, hey, Alex, it's okay. And I'm not trying to say this to denigrate anybody. If you don't want to have an opinion on anything, if you don't want to stand for anything, keep doing that. That's, that's not what this is about uh, for me. It is trying to build myself up, but... I was <laughs> going to make an there. Aaron Burr Actually, reference, but you still haven't like listened to Hamilton, have you? No, I have Okay, not. well, for all you Hamilton listeners out there, or watchers, or whatever, you Aaron Burrs, you won't get it. Cut it from the podcast. Carry on. I didn't get... I, she, Sheila's right, though. <laughs> Aaron Burr lived. Anyways, uh, <laughs> crap, I don't know where I was going with all this stuff. Uh but all of this just to say, if you don't stand for anything, that's cool. I'm never going to be like that. I always want to be opposed by, by, by somebody in some way because I can't grow any other way. If there's not an opposition for me to get through, 
I'm not going to be able to formulate opinions on things that really, really matter. I'm going to talk about climate change a lot. I'm going to talk about the LGBTQ plus community regularly. I'm going to talk about race relations. I'm going to talk about all of these things that are so polarizing because we do a really bad job talking about these things. And I don't want to be just a headline either. I, I want it to be uh, beneficial for everybody who listens to it, but I, I'm just going to continue to be that way. And I've come to the conclusion that I don't care if only a hundred people listen to each episode that I do. I have to do something for my mental health. And this is like the only outlet that I have that doesn't cost hundreds of, <laughs> or thousands of dollars each month. So I'm well, going to keep doing think, it that like, way. To further build on that point, like yeah, nobody, nobody in the world is universally liked. Like you might be liked at a higher rate than others. Um, not you, per like you mean, I mean you generally, like someone, one might be liked at a higher rate. Um, but it was like an epiphany for me to realize like even people that I think are quote unquote universally liked, someone doesn't like them. Like someone has an issue with them. Um, the Winslers. I hate, I hate the Winslers. <laughs> hate them. Challenging you to a, to a, to a personality off with Grant Pierce and Alex Skinner right here on the podcast. But like, that's it. Just kidding. Yeah, I love you that's guys. That's a good point. Like very likable, like, but someone's going to have a problem. Like uh, there's no one that is per like no one that is universally liked because it's not in our you can't be everything for everyone. Like it just, it's just like a reality. And that doesn't necessarily reflect you. It could reflect them. I think where I always struggle with, and like this is where all the doubt always, always like creeps in, is like what, at what point am I being resilient and taking that insecurity or whatever and being like, hey, it's not about me. It's not about me. Just like keep doing better. Just keep trying your best. And versus like when am I ignoring something or assigning it as like on that person like it's their fault or whatever it is it's their issue when I should be fixing something and figuring out the nuance between those things is what freaks me out because I'm always like well if I'm not paying attention and I'm not being hard on myself then I won't know that I'm doing something wrong and that I suck and that I'm secretly like everyone hates me blah blah you know you go down that like that terrible well maybe not for you but like for me <laughs> I go really far down that that road but I don't know. I just think that there's, it's like finding the balance between not everyone can like you, but you also um, have to be open. And we don't know what's going on in every single person's no, life. we don't. And I think that is one of the most unfair thing about the global workforce that we have is that <laughs> we're forced to work with people and have zero, honestly, zero knowledge. Like we pretend like, oh, well, it looks like you went to Harvard, you went to Yale, like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, oh, you also have a severe bipolar disorder. <laughs> like, I, I'm not legislating that we should have. Uh, kind of am. <laughs> but I feel like you should know everybody's best and worst things so that you can just work better with them. Like, if I know that somebody is bipolar that I work with, it's just like, okay, cool. Like, they're in, they're in their depressive mood right now. Like what's happening right now, they're in their depressive mood. It has nothing to do with anything that I did. It's biological. It's chemical. There's, there's not a whole lot that I can do for it except for just be an anchor for them right now and try to help them get through it as opposed to when you have no idea and it's just like, oh, dick. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the two diametrically opposed ideas right there. Okay, dick. And you know what? They're in their, they're in their depressive phase. I'm going to help them get through with this. I'm going to be patient. And I'm not necessarily saying that 
the, the United States would never allow for you to ask questions like this in an interview process. But I'll tell you what, whenever I am interviewing, it is 100% about how are we going to work together? Because most everyone tries to work kind of hard so that they can make money. So as long as we can enjoy the ride with one another, that is, are, are you willing to go to battle with this person has been my biggest thing. Do you trust this person enough that, and this is hyperbolic, obviously, like I'll lay down my life for them. And that could be a symbolic, like I will lay down my career for this person. I will, I will lay down the thoughts and feelings that people have about me for this person. If you can't honestly answer yes to that, probably not somebody that you should be working with. And that's why I try to take a stand for everything. And I'm very, I overshare at work like crazy just because I hate not understanding people and I want them to understand me. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I just, I like, I'm just like, Hey, just so everybody knows my dad has Alzheimer's, uh, just happened. I'm fine. I'm dealing with it fine. But I just want you all to know that, Hey everyone, I haven't been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I have manic depressive disorder. Just want you all to know that. So like, Whatever, I will always apologize quickly when I feel like I have wronged you, but just know that I know there's going to be times where you feel like I have slighted you in some way, and sometimes it might be intentional, sometimes it might not be, but I just want you to know I will always take care of you on the back end for this stuff. And I know there's probably some people who are just like, well, it's not worth having to experience all of that trauma that you give to me, Alex, with the way that you act. And like, thanks for your apology or whatever, but I am going to do my damnedest to make sure that I am a net positive in your life in whatever way that I can, which I think uh, is probably my best quality. My best quality is this, this hunger and thirst for people to, to like me and not to negatively impact people's life that I will go to the nth degree to ensure that Whatever bad thing that I have done, I'm going to compensate it for it in a as best positive way as I can, which is probably like, oh, Alex, how's, oh, that's so cute. Well, you're just self-aggrandizing as always. It's a real, it's a real fucking thing, everybody. Like, I really, that's how my brain works. I, w- I never want to be to anybody's detriment in any in any way what do you, at all. What do you think fuels that? Do you, like, what what insecurity or not? might not be an insecurity that fuels that at all, but like, what, what do you think is powering that? I just want to be liked, man, yeah. so bad. And I, I realize how stupid that probably sounds. I, I know that everybody, everybody kind of wants to be liked. Like I, I go back to my statement. If, if something needs to be said out loud, like I don't care what people think, it automatically means the opposite. If, if someone has to try to say something to to prove that they aren't that way, it means they are that way. And so I just want to stop that because I used to be like that. The Skinner brothers, we don't care what you think about us. Are you kidding me? We 100% care what you think about us. If, if we didn't care, you want to know what we wouldn't do? Like all of your wife's posts. We wouldn't do that. You, if we didn't care, you want to know what we wouldn't do? Reach out to you on a regular basis to try and go on trips with you. We wouldn't do that kind of stuff. And it's really hard for me to get over that. Like, I, I, it probably sounds so stupid, like hashtag first world problems, but I really struggle with appreciating the value that people bring to me 
and at the same time recognizing that all I care is that people bring me value, if that makes sense. That probably sounds really – No. that probably doesn't make sense. It, well, I think uh, – because I think one of the things – and I don't know if this is exactly it, but it's I think – It's a paradox. It's a fucking But paradox, I think that the man. things that we don't like in others, like the things that are, bother us, oftentimes are the things that we don't like about Fair. ourselves. Like not in a cliche way, but I think like – I, it's so true for me. Like I, I'm very insecure about making mistakes at work. And so when I work with people who make mistakes, I, I think I overreact. And I've, re- I've now recognized that it's because I'm very insecure about it. So I'm trying to make myself feel better. Like, oh, well, maybe I made a mistake, but like that person made a bigger mistake or something. Like that's not logical in the moment. But like if I take a step back and really break it down, I think that's what's happening. So, I mean, like with your brothers, like – is it the same type of thing? Like you, you want to be a certain way or you don't want to be a certain way and you identify those traits in them? Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am pretty sure that's what it is. And, it's, and I go back to it. It's so weird. And I'm struggling to like get through. This isn't, I don't know. It's like so weird because I do go back to like hashtag first world problems. But you want to know what? I'm sorry I was born in the first world. Humans, this is stealing from the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Humans crave problems and solving problems. So whether you're in the first world or the third world, you know what you're trying to do. Solve whatever problem is presented to you for that day. And if I can get to a point where I just make everybody around me happy that I am a part of whatever thing that we're working on, that is what I want. What I want, and when I say working on just like whatever, it could be a relationship, it could be actual work, it could be like a, an event we're planning or whatever. If I can get to that point where it's just like, oh, I just go back to this. We're going to battle. I'm, a, I'm such a wartime president. I'm a wartime president. Anyways, if, we, <laughs> if, we, if we're going into battle, the, person, the first person that I want on my team when we're going to battle is Alex Skinner. I have achieved my goal in life. And the way that I know how to do that thing is by, is by being the net positive overall, but really being a huge positive in those super negative times that everybody has. Um, And what sucks about that though, is, you know what people don't really want to think about a lot is the negative times. We want to think about when things are going well And so one thing that scares me with this value that I have is being forgotten. People are going through some of the worst times that they've ever gone through in their life. And, oh, you want to know who was there during that time? Alex. But because I want to stop forgetting that specific terrible time, Alex gets forgotten in the process. Alex Skinner is not going to be part of your good times. I take that back. Alex Skinner will be part of some of your good times. But you will remember me, unfortunately, during your worst moments that you ever have. Because that is when I am always going to be there. 100% guaranteed. But did, name is Chris, amen. But did you just say that people, that people forget those times and that frustrates you? And that frustrates me. So, and, so, and, so, and so the response to that would be, the retort is like, well, then just be there in the good times. No. Why, why, why do you need me in the good times? Like, like the, the, they're good. 
Well, what do I have to do? And I hate this because it sounds like I have such a, mess- a messianic complex where I'm just like, hey, I'm the one who's going to come and save you in this moment. I'm not necessarily going to save you, I'm go- but I will make the... I will make you feel better. <laughs> like in, in whatever moment that is, you, you're ne- it's never... You're never going to feel alone in your darkest moments is, is all that I can guarantee. I guess like what I'm wondering is like, why do you have enough evidence to confirm that people really do forget or no? Yeah. Like, so what do you, but I know that I like the, the evidence that I have, Sheila is that is just the experience that I have. Right. So, and I, it sounds so stupid. Cause it's just like, well, Alex, you like think that you're there in our darkest moments, but not, but not really like, I don't, I don't know how to come uh, to answer that. I guess what I'm wondering is like, how, how, how can you come to terms with, uh, how do I phrase this? Like, so, okay. So like if, if I'll use my own example, like with you, like you were, you were totally there when my dad died and you did a lot of really thoughtful things, um, you and Katie, um, that like, I'll never forget. And like, I think I, I do think about that often, but I don't talk about that often. So like, how, how would you, and I'm not saying you feel that way about me. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but like, you're, you're probably, uh, not the best example, but, 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 but I, I'm, it's only my example that I can use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying, yeah, fair. So I'm trying to think of like how, how like how one can commute like how that ends up getting communicated in a way and then like some people might forget some people might like not be very grateful or whatever and there could be a lot of reasons for that but I I wonder if there's like a way to reframe it in your mind or in all of our minds like that it doesn't really matter how they react to it or how they verbally react to it uh, or externally but like how you felt doing it and like if it was a right or wrong thing to do I guess because I get really caught up in like people being gr- grateful or apologetic like if if i like and it not because i want to feel like oh I'm, the two extremes yes the two extremes like i just want to like people i'm trying to think of an example that's recent um if i'm gonna go really really out of my way to do something for someone i want them to realize like it's because i really care about them and like i really i really want them to realize yes. it's 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 how I express that I care because I think a lot of things not to like I'm gonna butcher this but like there's love languages right and so there's probably also like less extreme you know not love but like the way you show people you care about them or the way that you don't or whatever and like when I do it in my way I expect people to receive it in the same way that I yep. receive it yep. and I've had to like try to re- like think about like well how does that person actually want xyz um and that's been really hard i think uh oh that you sheila just solved it sheila just solved it everybody (laughs) no that's exactly it i think the hard thing about being like the skinner brother is that we have we have our love like oh it's the love language thing we don't give our love like we do it in gifts 100 percent, we give gifts (laughs) All of us do that. Like, hey, here's this thing. Here's this thing. Here's this thing. Physical touch, we all suck at. And maybe they're going to be listening to this and be like, no, 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 I'm really good at physical affection. 
we suck, we suck at physical affection and I'm trying to get through that. Like, it's almost like, it's like infinity stones. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the infinity stones. I don't know what all of the love languages are. I think there's six of them, which is perfect for the infinity stones. <laughs> but I, th- I think Sheila, what you just said is what I desire. I desire Thanos type power or Iron Man and Hulk type power when it comes to, spoiler alert, when it comes to the love languages. I want to be so good at every single one of these things. And it's so hard for me to, like, once again, I know the one thing that I really suck. I suck at giving compliments too. So maybe verbal, I don't know what all the love languages are. There's. Uh, I want to be better at them. And I always feel so god damn phony whenever I give compliments to people. Like, I'm always just like, because I don't do whatever. So just like, hey. Great, like, like just your, 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 your stupid award. Sorry, not stupid. Like, but you know what I mean? Like stupid, a stupid award in the sense of what it, what it really means to me overall. Like, just like, great job, Sheila. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to formulate words to be kind to people. And, and, but there are times where I do a really good, like, mm, pisses me off. That Mother FN Winsler podcast we did was probably the most... And this is, okay, well, just have an epiphany on epiphany on epiphany. I think that's what's so hard is like, I do it, and then I just go, I want to show this off to everybody. I finally, I finally did it, Dad. <laughs> I finally, I finally did what none of us could ever do. And then nobody ever gets to see it because whatever happens. Because um, I'm trying, like, I am trying. Like, and I don't, God, I don't want this to sound like I, I need people to care about me or like this is some sort of cry for help or anything like that it's just like this is what goes on in my brain all the effing time i'm thinking about these things all the time and i know people are just like man alex sure is being a dick today and i go i know i'm trying to be nicer about it i'm trying to be nicer to you i don't know what to do i know i'm being a dick right now like i did like i i i I, I, it's because i'm just processing all these things and i'm doing a really bad job at it Uh, and that's and that's why it comes down to like the whole uh, just the, in the entire conversation of like insecurity as a, as a whole, it's just like we really don't know what everybody is going through, and so I try to be the arbiter of peace. No, I try to be <laughs> uh, as what's that word? Fair? That's not the word. Empathetic. Conscious. I try to be as conscious. Yeah, I try to be as empathetic to. This person might be just having a bad day. They're not a dick, but I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna be a dick back to them though. <laughs> yeah. And then and then I'm a dick back to you, and then I have to come back and apologize five seconds later. One thing that I will say, to my credit, is I am getting a lot better at apologizing overall for stuff that I, especially when I know I'm in the wrong for things. And I will tell you what, people very rarely, if ever, apologize to me. So I'm better than all of you is ultimately what I want you to take away from this. But no, I, I just want you to know people out there who are like, man, Alex sure apologizes a lot. I didn't used to do that. That was not a thing yeah. that, I, that I used to do. Like it took me six to seven years to apologize for Sheila, to Sheila, for trying to cheat off of my, this, I'm not trying to make Sheila sound bad here, for Sheila trying to cheat off of a, chemistry project that we were doing or whatever the f it was and then snapping at her for it 
wasn't trying to cheat. I was just asking you a question that I could have answered myself. Fair. No, that's to, fair. Fair, fair, fair. I honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't remember what the exact situation was. Like, I think you did just ask me a question, but whatever. Anyways, I, all I know is I snapped at you. And it took me, we took that class in 2009, 2008. And I don't apologize to you until like 2016, 2015. It's hard for me. Like, it's really hard for me. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm very aware of all the bad things that I've done in my life. And I don't just forget them. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. Yeah. I know people talk about like forgive and forget, but like I'll never forget all of the really shitty things that I've yeah. done to people throughout my life. I will I will remember. Lara, if you're listening, I remember all the shitty things I did to you. Natalie, if you're listening, I remember all the shitty things I did to you. Grant, if you're listening, I remember all of the shitty things I did to you. Austin, Kevin, uh, Carly, Katie. I should have said Katie first. Now I sound like a dick. <laughs> PJ, Sam, John, all these people I work with, Sheila, Aaron, other Aaron. <laughs> uh, I don't forget any of the bad things that I've, I have done in my life to, to make you feel uncomfortable, to make you feel sad, to make you cry, to make you reconsider what the point of this earthly existence is for you. I do not forget about any of the things that I have ever done because you want to know what the biggest lie that has ever been told in the history of mankind is forgive and forget. Yeah. No one is ever going to forget a single thing that has ever been done that was a watershed moment. And I know, I know that people are just gonna be like, oh, I didn't, I don't even remember that. I don't even remember that. Yeah, I've used that defense mechanism before too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not fair. When in reality, I'm just like, yeah, I remember. And it's about time that you apologize for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, no one, no one forgets that stuff. Um, Except my dad. Oh, too oh. soon? Was that too soon? <laughs> but, Great. My mom just turned it off. My mom just turned it off. I, I, and I'm glad that I said that, though. Monty, Peggy, Becky, April. Like, I, I have known tens of thousands. I've met tens of thousands of people in my life. And I know for a fact I have wronged every single one of you in some way or another. But just know, I will make it up to you. No matter what, it will always be made up in some way or another. Maybe not the way that you expect it to be, but it will be well, made up. Well, and I even wonder if there's like like a year it's very important to you, like the concept of making it up, like like basically paying paying a debt. Status quo. Yeah, or reciprocity. I can never say that. Yep. Yep. Reciprocity. <laughs> um I, I'm the one that's been drinking and Sheila I've can't seem to pronounce that word. In, uh, what was the class in at FLC? Uh anthropology, yes. Um <laughs> They have an anthropology yeah, class. multiples. Great. Um, That's how I got a 4.0. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that uh, – I think you, you hitting on like the – like you never forget. Like I, I was – I came to the same conclusion as we were talking about this. There's so many things that I realize. Like I, I know when I'm being dumb. I know when, I, when, I, when I've hurt someone's feelings. I know when I'm projecting my own insecurities on someone else. Like I, I'm acutely aware of those moments and I don't always apologize for them for a variety of reasons. Some that are just because it's hard to apologize. Others are just like, I don't want to bring it up again and make it about me. Like I don't, or I don't want to seem like I'm making it about me type of thing. Like I need to, whatever, whatever those things are, I do wish people knew how much it bothered me or like eats me up when I know that I didn't like that I did something wrong and like I also don't want to be reminded because I already know like I already know how much that sucked or how how stupid I sounded or how stupid I acted and like 
you telling me sometimes in some cases it just hurts so much more because then it feels like I can't bounce back from it and that's I feel like that's been a thing for me is like knowing who's gonna really love me like in spite of those things and like who who am I who did I just like ruin a relationship with and if I ruined a relationship like I don't want to I don't want to dwell on it like that's just going to make me feel worse and worse and worse and that's not, I've learned it's not productive for me so like I've tried to figure out like when to apologize and when to move on and I don't know if any of that makes sense no and I think a very important thing uh from that Sheila is something that I've been trying to do recently because I'm the best um <laughs> Uh, um, sorry just kidding something I've been trying to do recently is just if so if I feel like somebody has wronged me I and I've done this with you uh, I immediately just say I felt this way about this thing that just happened I'm not saying that it was intentional what you did I'm not saying that it was meant to make me feel terrible or whatever, but it didn't make me feel terrible. I'm not expecting an apology from you, but I just want you to know that that specific thing that just happened made me feel this way. And that, that's what we're, that's what we're missing. And once again, I'm not, that's, it was facetious because I'm the best. We lack, we, because of all these insecurities that we have, we don't want to bring up these hard subjects with people. We don't want to say, I'm sorry because then we look like the weak person in whatever the exchange was that we had with whoever it was. Like, we don't want to be the bad person, but you want to know what? We're all bad people and we're all great people. We all, like, to, to sum up a person with just a single word is impossible. Is impossible. And I don't want to pretend like we're all special and we're all unique or anything like that. But I'll guarantee you one thing. There's a billion different words that can describe every single one of us. So if, if you, person who has a hard time apologizing, like myself, are struggling to, to, to find the words, just say it. And, 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 and I guarantee the response is going to be like, oh, I, was, I, never, even, I never even thought of that. And, and when you get that response, don't let that affect you to the point that you won't do it the next time. Because that person is going through the exact same, oh, the, the exact same chess match in their brain that we're all going through. Like it, just, just, just say it, just to get it out of the way. Like, and I know that it pisses people off regularly because it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, well, Alex is being a dick today. He just he just said that he doesn't really like the the gossipy nature of my wife. Well, I just want to let you know that I feel that way because. I want you to know the reason that I don't yeah. want to hang out with you anymore. Like, I want you to know the, like, it's, it's not because I don't like you. It's because there are certain things going on and I can get over it eventually. I'll still hang out with you and your gossipy wife. I still do it, but I just want to let you know, bitch is gossipy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine because you want to know how many bitches there are that are gossipy, including male bitches. There's like billions of Almost them. Almost everyone. <laughs> everybody. I'm doing it right now with everybody. It's fine. But I think I think a part of a big part of that is this like desire to be un- unconditionally accepted or unconditionally loved, and I know you and I have talked about how like there I th- I think we've talked about this like we have lines like there that there's no one that is like truly unconditional um, 
whatever. But like, oh, but yeah, like, that's total BS, yeah, man. But if, I, if, if my mom found out that I killed my dad, for example, I don't think my mom would like me as much. Yeah. So, my dad's alive, everybody. So, <laughs> he didn't kill his dad. So I think that if you, if I think you kind of have to break it into like unconditional love versus unconditional acceptance or something. But like, I think I'm, I could handle more of the times that you have told me something bothered you because I, I, we've been friends for so long that I wasn't immediately fearful that our friendship was over. Um, and so and you have to put caveats on everything, just so everybody knows. Even with Sheila, like I'm, I'm just gonna say the one that we recently had. You sent me this thing about like oh the podcast oh, 2018, 2018 millennials. Like let's start a podcast. And my response was just like because it was the second one that you had sent to me. And my response to you was just like, hey, just so you know, I don't think like I'm not sure if you meant it this way, but like you sent me a couple of these, so I don't know if it's like you're judging me for the fact that I do a podcast or not. And then your your response was just like, no, <laughs> like no, that's that's not how I meant it. It's not how I meant it at all. And look at us, we're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Well. And, and then everyone's probably thinking, well, Alex, why are you bringing it up right now? Because it's a fucking podcast on insecurity. That's why we're bringing it up right now. Well, and it, and it was nice because it did give me an opportunity to clarify with you, like how, why I was sending it, and I Boom. and I was beautiful. Yeah. And I was really sorry. Like I felt I felt really bad that I had made you feel that way, and even if it wasn't like a huge deal or whatever it was, like I, that wasn't my intent. Like it would have never been my intent. So it let me clear the air with you. And that also made me be more thoughtful about like how like in the future, so I didn't do it again. Um, and here's what's weird about it: you send me the next like, and here's what's weird actually: you're not going to send me a next one. But if you sent me a third one about this, I would totally understand. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It but it's never going to happen now because we had the conversation about it. Yeah, but I think, but I think like. Quit being so offended, everybody. I think that's the uh, that's the, the that's the really what I'm trying to get through with all of this to everybody. Like, just talk it out. Just talk it out, and things are gonna be fine. Yeah, but I, like, but, quit living life in the two minutes, two minute reactions that you want from everybody. Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, and I think if we can be more accepting or like show more, I, I don't know if it's like a, not affection, but like the the people that I feel. The most vulnerable yeah and like the show some vulnerability yeah and like well and like safety it's like it's really like safety to me i think because like it, again like our conversation that would have been harder for me if it was someone i wasn't as close of friends with because i would have immediately gotten defensive probably and been like well why would you think of me that way like blah 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 blah, blah because i'm scared of the I'm, I'm already putting up my defense mechanisms thinking that the relationship's probably like at risk and so I'm feeling rejected in some way and so then it like becomes this thing but when you have like a like a safety in that friendship or that relationship it's easier to say you're sorry because you know that that person is going to try and see the best in whatever you're saying and they know who you are so I feel like I, I've, I've tried I'm, I'm trying more and more to make people feel safe in a not in a like a safe zone at colleges type of like like a like a real no, it's the opposite though it's the yeah. opposite it's a safe zone that actually talks about things that matter yeah and, Look, i want to go to my safe zone i don't want to talk about like and, and everyone's like wait a second alex i thought you were a liberal now you're making fun of safe zones <laughs> um yeah safe zones are stupid at colleges they're really dumb yeah. you want to know what the best thing that can ever happen to somebody ideas that you have being challenged yeah. 
100% of the time. Well, it's funny you say that because like one of the, the things I wrote down in preparation for this was that one of the – something that's helped me get past a little bit of insecurity is we have a, one of our GMs at uh, our company had made a comment like w- in my senior team – there's no room for defensiveness. Like if there's a problem, we need to dig it out and like get to the root of it. There's, there's no point in being defensive. Like we're all on the same, basically like we're all on the same team. We're trying to solve a problem. I don't care who did it. I don't care how it happened. I don't care if it's your, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter because we're trying to solve a problem. Yes. And because he has that mentality with his whole team, that it's not a blame thing. It's not a political thing. It's like, let's fix it and let's just get to the bottom of it. They're much more productive because of that. And that helped me like every time that I start getting defensive at work about something, I'm like, what am I doing? This is just hurting me. Like this is hurting everyone. This isn't, and it's not like, is this an unforgivable thing? No. Like maybe I just hadn't thought of that idea yet. Like, or someone, or I just wasn't going to, and I needed the help of someone else. Like rooting out that defensiveness. And like, every time you feel defensive, wondering like, what, why am I being defensive? What insecurity is this speaking to, um, has like helped me a little bit more with, I guess, like not being insecure about it or at least identifying it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And jobs are so stupid. Everybody, just, you know. (laughs) Like, I understand it's where you make your money. I totally understand that. But you want to know how many jobs there are in the world? Billions. Yeah. but <laughs> There are billions of jobs in the world. I'm so, like, I'm not, like, trying to make light of the statement that you just made, but like, it just made me think of that. It, it, it is very important. Like, just try your best. Like, figure out what your values are and just, like, just be happy, man. Come on, dude. Well, <laughs> Come and get high with me, bro. It'll be so great. Well, I think I think part of that though that I'm coming to realize is that like right, none of this matters. Like none, like none of our jobs matter. I'm incredibly drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that the reason people care so much, I think, is because it's a proxy for something in their personality or something about them. Yes. So I think I think once you think about it that way, it becomes easier to like solve for. But like, yeah, like there's times at work where I'm like, why are people upset about this? It literally doesn't matter. We are not saving lives. And then I'm like, well, this is probably because that person isn't secure about X, Y, Z. Or they're really stressed out about it, whatever else in their personal life. So I just feel like it's a mask usually or a proxy for something else. Well, and I don't want people to think like, oh, oh yeah, okay, so I can just screw no, up all the time now. because that's like your uh, personal that's not integrity. What it is. No, yeah. y- screw you. Yeah. Screw you, person who like thinks like, all right, I'm just going to, now that now that they've said this, I can just do bad and you guys all have to accept the bad things no. I do. Nope, that's, that's not what we're saying at all. Yeah. Like, be beneficial to, or get another job. <laughs> like, be yeah. beneficial to, to, like, you've made commitments. You have made commitments. Follow through with them complete them for people because golly gee jehoshaphat's gonna have to bleep that out Uh, nothing else but just that part uh (laughs) like just we're all this is what sucks like i i've started to think a lot of the this is i'm not even high but like i've started to think (laughs) i started to think like of the earth as like a cell okay and then you got a bunch of these little us's running around do you want to be the bacteria or do you want to be the thing that is keeping the cell alive? Like just be, and I know Gandhi's already said it, be the change that you wish yeah. to see in the world, be the positive thing and everything. But 
Oh. One of my favorites that I stole. Man. Be be a radiator, not a drain. And I think about that a lot. No, it's that's great because and what's here's what's hard though. There's seven billion of us on the planet, and what's difficult is we all have different values and different life structures. I don't know that have been inculcated in us. Uh, Sheila loves Inculc- the word inculcate. That have been inculcated in us. Didn't know what it meant that, until last week. That that are probably wrong. You have to find your own. And when I say that, that probably sounds so cliche, like, oh, yeah, you got to find yourself. Go find yourself. None of us really find ourselves. <laughs> um, like, like, legitimately, go assume everything that you believe is wrong. Assume that and make the changes where, we, where, 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 where you need to make them. Because I go back to the Amazon is on fire, everybody. <laughs> The point of this podcast was to bring up the Amazonian fires. No, no. And I know you're probably thinking, no, 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 not Jeff Bezos's Amazon.com. The Amazon is a forest in Brazil, in South America, for those of you who've never heard of the Amazon. As as the actual as the actual and I know someone's saying like, well, Alex, you really like having a nice, you know, nice tender filet at Ruth's Chris every now and then. So like what are you saying? Like, there are far bigger problems that we have that we need to solve and just like be open. And honest with each other about it, because it's just gonna be better. Everything's just gonna get better. I promise <laughs> that we're still living at the best time in human history, even though we're destroying the planet. But that's why I said he- best time in human history. <laughs> and just, just stop being afraid. Like every every insecurity is a self preservation tactic, and we don't need to self preserve anymore because we're not living in caves. We're not being hunted by. But by by saber tooth tigers, <laughs> we're not being hunted by all of these things. Like we don't need to self preserve anymore because everything's gonna be fine. But we need to think about all of these changes that we need to make in our life so that everything can be fine for everyone in the future as well. Um, this was- like we just and I'm still not good at it though. Like honestly, like being as condescending as I would was just there. I'm still not great at it. I still suck like crazy. But that doesn't mean that we can't keep trying. Humans want to solve problems. Our problem is we're not perfect. How do we solve that problem? Step by step, getting better. That's all we have to do, and we'll be fine. Communicating. I feel like so much of it. So not to be cheesy, did you ever watch Jane the Virgin? No, because she ends up not being an actual virgin. I swear to God. I swear I just thought I saw a UFO outside, and this is so peak New York. It's a trash bag. Um, <laughs> it's like the way it was moving, and it's like a black trash bag really far away. And it, But it was like a fart. Anyway, I just – I don't know if you could see that. I just it's got wide-eyed. It's coming to probe me, dude. I was like, what is that? Um, Jane the Virgin, though, is uh, – I was I just finished it because I, I love the show. But the one thing I really liked about it is that they're really, really good at identifying emotions and communicating about them in ways that, like, normal people don't do that. Like, normal people aren't as in tune with their emotions or what's whatever. But I think, like, if we had a world <laughs> where we could say, like, I acted this way because of this and I'm sorry. And the other person said, and I reacted this way because of that and I'm sorry. Like, then we understand each other better and um we understand that we're both we're all human like 
we're all emotional. Like it's or are we dancer? Good question. That good question. Would it be great if you just ended it right there? <laughs> as a call came down the line. That's the second time I've made that exact same joke in the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm somehow not even joking. Not even joking. The same exact joke twice. No, I, I agree. Yep. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it on that last that last little piece right there. It, it, it does come down to just what we have been told. Like, here's what's here's what's hilarious. I was thinking about this too today. Like, we need men to be. We need men to be more emotional. We need men to have emotion. No, that is not what you want, feminists. What you want is us to be able to communicate about our emotions. (laughs) Because you want to know who else sucks? Women. Women, like, we all suck. Don't get me wrong. We all have our problems. But overall, we're all pretty great. Like, women suck at communicating emotions too. Just because you're emotional does not mean that you have some sort of special skill set. Being able to communicate about those emotions, on the other hand, yes. And I, once again, I'm still not good at that. Like, I am constantly apologizing to people all the time. Like, I am 100% sure two people at work are pissed at me right now. And I'm struggling to extract that anger from them right now. I'm just like, hey, just, you know, this is why I did this, this, and this. And nothing. Nothing. Hey, that's why I did this, this, and this. Nothing. Just just talk to me. You want to know who the lead? This is what I want to end on. Something about myself. <laughs> One of the greatest compliments, and it was written in a card that I will never get rid of uh, as long as I live. I mean, my liver is giving out, so we'll see what happens. But um, as long as I live, I will keep this card. It's like, you are the, o- this is from someone at work. You are the only person who I can be 100% myself around and feel like there is no judgment. Greatest compliment I've ever received, and I hope that everybody can learn from that person and that note that they gave to me. You can be stupid. You can be vain. You can be a wreck. You can be a piece of shit. I will let you know about those things afterwards, but you can always be those things around me, and we'll work it out. We'll figure it out together. Uh, how, how How to stop you from being... What you feel like at times is a terrible person. And, and once I don't want to like self-aggrandize too much. I might get offended by things that you say. And I might be mad at things that you say. But I'm never going to terminate a relationship on one moment yeah. in time. That will never happen. And unfortunately, yeah. so many people do do that. So if you're, looking for, if you're looking for a real safe space, all you college students out there at UC Berkeley, um, come to Alex Skinner. 100% be yourself. Say your racist stuff um, because, once again, UC Berkeley, you have racists there. Don't pretend like you're not. You can say your racist stuff. You can say your misogynistic stuff. You can say your sexist stuff. And people are right there like, misogynistic, sexist is the same thing. No, it's not. You can be sexist towards men. Say all of your stuff to me and I'll be fine. Like, that. that's like, we all say stupid stuff. It's going to be fine. We're all going to figure it out. Like, like, this is life. Let's try to enjoy it. Let's have a good time. Quit being so insecure about everything, about how, how small your hands are, about how, how hairy your arms are, about how huge your knees are. Quit being so insecure about all this stuff. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. 
Uncle Alex has got your back. Don't even worry yeah, about it. Yeah, all you people who share the insecurity of your fat niece. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any fat nieces yet. Oh, knees. You said knees. Gotcha. But nieces that are listening out there, when you, come, when you become fat, come talk to Uncle Alex about it. I'll get you through it. I'll probably just send you to Sheila. <laughs> oh, that sounded really mean. What? As long as they're about your knees. As long as it's about your knees, I'll send you to Sheila. And then if you have small hands, come talk to Uncle Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and the next time that we have something that we talk about, Jesus, did I say that super wrong? And the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Don't waste your time commenting. And from the looks of it, nobody ever really spent any time commenting. Do subscribe so that you can always get the new pieces as they come in. That's really all that I have because there's nothing else to say. Keep being better and looking forward to chatting with you next time. I got super passionate at one point. I don't remember when it was where I just got into, like, literally, I don't remember when I started talking, but I remember when I stopped. I was just like, I hope that was good. I hope whatever I just said was really good. Because I'm pretty sure I just talked for 10 minutes straight. So I I hope that that went well. I think it was the climate change in the Amazon. And (laughs) I was going to be like, well, this just is a really long way of getting everyone to know that the Amazon is burning and 20% of our oxygen is about (laughs) to be gone. Just just so everybody knows. uh, So uh, the world ending has been moved up a little bit. Uh, Looks like that's happening in 2050 now. I'm still going to be alive. So if we could do whatever we can to kind of stop this, that'd be great. Thanks. Don't care about your children or grandchildren. But as long as we could make my life last a little longer, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be legit. So... Dude, did I tell you? I've been making amazing old fashioned. What was the, what's, how have you been making them? It's honey water. Oh, that's so our simple honey syrup, water thing. Our simple syrup is just honey water with bitters that we throw into it. It's unreal good. Nice. Uh, yeah, we. That's why I'm going to die in the next six months. <laughs> well, we, like,